Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to welcome you to another very interesting time in the presence of God. Welcome to today's podcast. And today God has a special word for you. And when God brings his word to your spirit, it's going to transform your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. But before we do, I want us to pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we worship you. We adore you. We bless your holy name. Because you are worthy of our worship. You are worthy to be glorified and honored and adored. Lord, we ask that you speak to us through your word and by your spirit. Precious Holy Spirit, take full control and let it be about you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Do you know, um, the, the times we're in, and I've been saying that lately, are very, very interesting times. Hallelujah. Very interesting times, and they will continue. It's going to continue. Hallelujah. There is um, a line that the world has crossed, and they will never go back on. Hallelujah. There are certain things that have happened and things have changed in the realm of the spirit and to never go back. It's like we have been ushered into a new era. Hallelujah. We've been ushered into a new era and everything that is happening now, like it has gone to a deeper level. Everything that is happening now is preparation for The end times. Everything that is happening now is preparation for the end times. Now it has taken a different turn. Now, uh, God has always been busy. The Bible says, He that keepeth Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. So he has always been busy. And what is he busy about? Basically is the, the winning of souls. God is in the soul business. God is in the business of winning souls, bringing people to light. And he's been busy sending people, uh, convincing people and sending them, you know, raising them, teaching them, connecting them so they can do the work of ministry and bring people to the kingdom. And of course, the devil is also busy trying to gather as many people as possible to hell with him and to destroy many people. He's also busy. But now, everything has gone to the next level. Things have become more intense. Hallelujah. Things have become more intense. You know, the Bible says, in the last days, the end will not come except that first is the falling away of many. Many will fall away from the faith. And guess what is happening now? There are many people who are professing to be Christians But now their faith is on the rocks, like it's shaking. Their faith is rocky, shaking now more than ever before. With the coming of this pandemic, COVID-19, and, you know, many people are scared. People have died. Is it the worst thing that has happened in the world? I don't think so. It's not. We have had wars in this world. We've had genocides, like people have been wiped out. Like people, 
have been like eradicated. And many of these things, they don't make headlines like what is happening. We've had people, like we've had, we've had people die. Even before this pandemic, there are countries in which there are conflicts and people are being killed on a daily basis. But the so-called mainstream media doesn't even carry it. Why? Maybe because the person who is the leader of that country is not their ally or something. So because of that, they don't carry it. It doesn't make the news. Genocides, people dying and all that, it doesn't make the news. So they select what they want to put out there. They select what they want to put out there. There are many people who are dying of hunger even before this virus came. People who are dying of hunger much more than those who are dying of this virus. But it doesn't make the news like that. So it's not like it's the worst thing that has happened to the world. But this is a strategy, an agenda. Now, one of the tactics of the enemy, and that's what he has been using for years and years. They bring disorder and then they come to act like they're bringing solution. They bring disorder to your life and then they come to act as though they're bringing solution. The moment you accept their solution, then they destroy you completely. That's exactly what they do. For example, they come to a family, they bring intense and severe poverty. The devil is the one that does that. And then he offer you, come, oh, I can make you rich, I can do this. But he took your wealth in the first place. He took it from you in the first place. And then makes you all those offers and everything. The moment you accept, you might enjoy some material things. That's why Jesus said a man's life does not consist of the things that he possesses. We should not mistake in material possession for wealth. There are people who have material possession, but they are poor. You can tell. See, a poor person is a stingy person. Somebody who has material possession, but is not freely, is not free in giving, is poor. Why do people hoard things? Because they don't believe that they will receive. So what they have, they want to keep. That's poverty. So we have many people who have material possession, but they are poor. And there are also some so-called wealthy men who are doing charities. But if you go and look deep into the charities they are doing, it's for self-interest. So it looks like they are giving on the outside, but they really are not giving. It's business. They are doing these things to promote themselves. So though they have material possession, they actually are poor. Hallelujah. Jesus said a man's wealth does not consist of the things that he possesses. Being wealthy is not really about material things. Hallelujah. I want to show you a scripture in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 3 verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write these things, saith the Amen, write these things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold or hot. I would that thou art cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew thee out. Because thou sayest, watch this, watch this part. It is because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable 
and poor and blind and naked. Did you see that? He said, you think you are rich. Why? Because you have material things. He says, because you say I am rich and you have increased yourself in goods. You have cars, you have houses, you have properties. So because, and, and because of those things, you think you are rich. But he says, Jesus says, but you don't know that you are poor. You are wretched. You are miserable. You are blind. You are naked. So many of the people wearing the designers actually are naked. Again, I'm not against wearing good clothes. Praise the Lord. But it's possible to wear those, those expensive clothes. But Jesus said you are naked. You are naked. Because the truth is that the covering of man is the glory of God. That's the true covering of man. That's why when Adam told God, he said, I ran away from you because I was naked. God said, who told you you were naked? Because he was supposed to be covered with the glory of God. Hallelujah. When God created Adam, he didn't create him naked. His physical body seemed naked, but he wasn't naked in the spirit. He was clothed with the robe of righteousness, the garment of praise. You know, all those things are, are clothes in the realm of the spirit. Hallelujah. So, a man's wealth is not about the physical things that he possesses, but about the state of his heart. The state of his heart. The Bible talked about those who are rich in God. Those who are rich with God. Hallelujah. And that's why one of the attributes, one of the characteristics of a believer is that he is a giver. A believer is a giver. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. God himself is a giver. And he says in Ephesians 5 verse 1, he says, be ye imitators of God as their children. So if God is a giver, he expects his children to be givers. He expects his children to be givers. Hallelujah. So wealth is not really about material things. But the thing about wealth is this. When you are wealthy, it attracts the material things. It attracts them when you are wealthy. But it's not about the material things. It's the, the wealth on the inside of you. Hallelujah. For example, people that are wealthy, they don't have to carry cash. They can go anywhere and they get money. Praise the Lord. There are some musicians, for example. They go to a, a supermarket or something just because of the people, the person that they are. Once they see them, they give them everything for free. Companies go and meet them for sponsorship, to sponsor them. Why? Because they are wealthy. There's something in them that attracts these people. Hallelujah. That's, of course, on the physical. The same way as a child of God, there is something inside of you that will attract those things. But we must not lose sight of that thing. Many times people look at the material things. We shouldn't lose sight of the blessing. Not the material things. Not the physical things. The blessing itself. That's what we should look at. That's what people should look at. Hallelujah. The blessing that brings those things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So God, you know, he has saved us. And he expects us to go and win others. I said God is in the business of soul winning. He expects us to go and win others. Especially in these days that we are in. 
We are supposed to be winning souls and bringing people to the kingdom. But how can we do it if we are not equipped? Hallelujah. We are not equipped. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, a very popular scripture. It says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12 says, for the perfecting of the saints. The Greek word is katatismos. It means equipping. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. If you are not equipped, how can you do the work of the ministry? It's not possible. Hallelujah. It's not possible. You must be equipped. And guess what? One of the equipments for the preaching of the gospel is financial equipment. That's one of the equipments. Financial equipment. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says, My cities through prosperity shall yet spread abroad. God wants to bless his children with finances. Hallelujah. Now see, the God that we serve is amazing. This is the one who caused Peter to find money in the sea. He took a hook and put in the water. He caught a fish, opened the mouth of the fish and found money. Hallelujah. There's nothing impossible with God. Like there's absolutely nothing impossible with God. There's nothing he cannot do. But he has set principles, laws and principles for things to be done. Especially to win souls. That's why angels cannot come down to the earth to win souls. Even though these ones are yielded completely to the Lord and everything. They can't. It is us. We that are children of God have been designated to do that job. Angels can only assist us. But it's our job to do the work of the ministry. But to do the work of the ministry, we must be equipped. Hallelujah. We must be equipped. And I said one of the equipments is wealth. We must have it. Remember when Jesus told the disciples, after his resurrection, the Bible says he blew on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now guess what? It is impossible for you to receive the Holy Spirit and not be born again. After, especially after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When he blew on them and the Spirit of God came upon them, they became born again. Hallelujah. You know, I've been taught before now that the church actually started at Pentecost. When, you know, the Holy Spirit, the, the Bible says, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house that they were gathering and then it, it separated upon their heads as cloven tongues of fire. Hallelujah. That was the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That was the empowerment of the Holy Spirit for the work of the ministry. But before that time, remember what the Bible says, except the corn of wheat fall to the ground and dies first, it abideth alone. So guess what? He had fallen to the ground being Jesus and he had died and he had germinated. He came out of hell as the firstborn from the dead, the Bible says. So from that time, he was ready to produce. From his resurrection, he was ready to produce. And so when he breathed upon his disciples and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. First, first of all, if he didn't have the Holy Spirit to give, he couldn't have said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. So he had the Holy Spirit to give. The Holy Spirit was available. But that was for salvation. So that's why after that, they were ready to go and preach. They were ready to go out and tell the whole world, Jesus is alive. 
They were ready to go out and tell everyone, listen, Jesus is alive. We have seen him. He's alive. They were ready to preach because that regeneration had taken place. And if you study the Bible, the Bible says they left after his ascension. They left and went to the temple daily rejoicing and praising God. Now, joy is one of the fruits of the recreated human spirit. So it is because they had joy. That's why they were going to the temple to continually praise God. It's a fruit of the recreated human spirit. One of the fruits, hallelujah, of the recreated human spirit. So they were born again, but they were not empowered for ministry. They were not equipped for ministry. Hallelujah. And of course, that was the first time. The, the, that was the birth of the church. So they needed an empowerment for ministry. So he said, don't go yet. He said, tarry ye in Jerusalem. Until you be endued with power from on high. Then in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He says you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. It was the Holy Spirit. It was an anointing for witnessing. It was for witnessing. It was power for witnessing. You shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem and in Judea. And in Samaria. And unto the utmost parts of the earth. So the anointing that came in Acts chapter 2 rather. It was for witnessing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It was for witnessing. Praise God. So, when they got born again, when he breathed upon them, the Spirit of God came, but they were not equipped for ministry yet. So he said, wait until you are equipped. That's when you can go. And after that equipment, after the Holy Spirit came upon them, we read of how Peter began to preach under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says 3,000 people gave their hearts to Christ. This was something that had not happened before. It was by the Spirit of God after that equipment had been received from heaven. And so God wants his children to be equipped for ministry. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. Now there is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now part of what that anointing comes with is financial blessing to carry out the work of the ministry. And if you read your Bible in the book of Acts chapter 4, you see the Bible says, after they had received the Holy Spirit, a spirit of giving came upon the brethren. Everybody began to share one with another. They were sharing. They were distributing. The Bible says no one kept anything to themselves. The spirit of giving came. Hallelujah. And the truth is that if you give, you must receive. Jesus said, uh, it is more blessed to give than to receive. The Bible says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. So the more they gave, the more they received. So you can imagine how wealthy that church would have been because they were givers. Hallelujah. Praise God. So when you are born again, the spirit of giving is in your heart. Hallelujah. So as you begin to use that gift, you are a blessing. You are giving in your own capacity. You know, some people take this giving thing to the extreme and that could be a problem. Don't give what you don't have. Don't give some people, anybody that comes to meet them and ask them for anything. They will rather go and borrow something from somebody and give and then you put yourself under undue pressure. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't put yourself under undue pressure. The Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Teach people how to depend on God. There are sometimes they come to you by the leading of the spirit you give. There are sometimes they come. You might have it, but the money you have is not for that. It's for something else. 
It's very important for us to deflect people's attention to God and not to ourselves. Otherwise, God becomes jealous. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about the lions. See, they look to God for their bread, for their meat. People should look to God for their supplies and not human beings. As a human being, as a person, you do your bit. You, you're a giver. You're not selfish, but you use wisdom. Hallelujah, which is very, very, very important. But the thing is, the spirit of giving comes upon you when you are born again. And then as you begin to put it to work, as you give, you will receive. You keep giving, you receive. You keep giving and God will increase you. Hallelujah. For the work of the ministry. Praise God. Now it's very important to understand that. When you, when you get to a point as a child of God, where you are disconnected from material things, that is one difficult area for many people. They are so worldly. They are materialistic. God can't trust such people with wealth, with true wealth. Do you know there is wealth and there is true wealth? And it's not a matter, like I said earlier, it's not about what you have. True wealth. True wealth. That one comes from God. Many of these people, have you noticed, I was watching on the news recently, and they talked about a man called Elon Musk. And they said he might become the world's first trillionaire. And I, I, I smiled. First, they became millionaires. They were not satisfied. They pushed on and pushed on and pushed on to be billionaires. And now they're not satisfied. They are pushing on to be. At what point will they stop and say, but even they, they can't because there's something in them that just makes them want to get more and more and more and more. No peace. Someone said it's difficult to make it on Forbes list, but it's, it's even more difficult to remain on Forbes list. It's more difficult. So they keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. Keep pushing. To be on Forbes list, to be the richest, to be this, to be that. A man's wealth does not consist of the things that he possesses. It doesn't consist of what he has. Hallelujah. Glory to God. As a child of God, in your own capacity, I heard a man of God say something about, he called it the money game. That's what he called it. And I understood exactly what he meant. In your own capacity, you give. And God blesses you. You see what God is doing. You give, he blesses you, you increase. You give, he blesses you and increase. Like that, you keep doing, you keep doing. You see yourself growing from one level of glory to another. It's gradual. And then sometimes also the manifestation of the blessing may not be in material things. It may be opportunities. Opportunities, doors that will be open unto you. It's all part of it. It's all part of it. There's a lady I was praying for and then a demon began to manifest. And then they said, they, this is the spirit of lust that was in her. And I said, as the spirit of lust, what have you done? Say, we've closed doors. I said, what doors did you close? Say, part of the door, one of the doors is the doors of our finances. And I asked, I said, um, but this person pays tithe. How come you were able to close the doors of our finances? They said, well, if not for the tithe that she was paying, they would have completely shut that door. Now, because this spirit of lust was in her, it was an open door for them to close some doors. So the finances were still coming, but the tithe was like an insurance. Because of that, they couldn't shut the door completely. So by reason of the deliverance, kicking that spirit out of her life, every closed door will be open. Every closed door will be open. So finances will come because 
It's not God's will that anybody living from paycheck to paycheck, you're just struggling. No, there's a starting point. The Bible says, though your beginning be small, but you will not remain at that level. See, if not for anything, you are talking, you are doing everything that you need to do. You will move on. You will rise. Hallelujah. So God wants his children to be able to do the work of the ministry, especially in these days where we are. And I was saying it recently. I said, everywhere you find yourself, that is your pulpit. Everybody must not be a pastor on the pulpit in church. God didn't choose everybody to function that way. Some will be, their pulpit is in the hospital where they work. Some, their pulpit is uh, the bus that they drive. Some, their cashiers, that's their pulpit. As people come, you are ministering. Sometimes you may not even say anything. But in your heart, you are praying for these people. Lord, as I touch this money, as I touch this receipt and I give to this person, something is transferred. See, the Bible says Jesus spread virtue. He spread virtue. The Bible says virtue went out of him and healed everyone. He spread virtue. So by so doing, what are you doing? You are spreading virtue. Some will receive, some may not receive, but that gives the angels the legal right to go after these people and try to persuade them to come to Christ because you are the human conduit. You are the human, human point of contact. You've given them the right. That's what the people of the devil are doing. That's what they are doing. They are spreading their own negative, I won't call it virtue, their negative um, spirit. Let me put it that way. But they are spreading it. They spread it through their music. They spread it through like different things. They're just spreading it. Even their clothes, their designers, the movies, they're spreading their virtue in their own way. Many of these designers have said this countless times. Many of them are in your cult. So by those things they are releasing, they are spreading their negative spirit. They are spreading it. And that is why we as children of God must also do this. Because they are working for their kingdom to try to get as many people to hell as possible. We also should be working for our kingdom to bring as many people as possible. So we should be kingdom minded at all times. Whatever it is that we're doing, souls should be on our mind at all times. Hallelujah. And so God equips us for the work of the ministry, the anointing, and of course, wealth. So we can be a blessing. Sometimes you will just bless somebody with something and say, God bless you. The person will just begin to cry. Please, I want to know more about you. I want to know more about your God. And all you do is, okay, this is my card. This is a card of church. Join us in church. And then they come to church. They hear the word of God and their lives are transformed. And now, you know, the online church has even made it easier for a lot of people. Now, it's one thing for you to have a church, you know, where you are ministering in church. And, you know, while you are ministering, there are people, there's a congregation in church listening to you. And then you can live stream that thing. So people are watching you online, but your main focus are the people in front of you. That's one thing and it's great. But there's another thing when your focus is actually those watching you online. So it's more like what I call an online-centric church. Your focus are the people on the other side. Hallelujah. So that way, church is coming to you where you are. You are at home. God is doing everything possible now to win souls. I was told today while I was doing that deliverance, Ah, you, you taught these people to keep saying Jesus lives in me. Every time they say Jesus lives in me, anyone that says it, even if Jesus was not living in them, it's an open door for him to come into them. 
So by just by saying that Jesus lives in me, a person who is not saved becomes saved. Hallelujah. Just by saying that, affirming that, and then also it's a reaffirmation of your salvation. When you say Jesus lives in me, anything that is not of God in your life has to go because you are conscious of the fact that Jesus is in you. And the devils don't like that. Anyhow, now, another time I was praying for somebody and I was reminded of a lady I had gone to visit once. This lady was a witch doctor and I had seen her daughter. I knew her because she, she had a shrine somewhere not too far from where I lived. People knew her around the area, the whole area as a witch doctor. And so years later, we had grown up. I saw her daughter and I preached the gospel to the daughter. And she told me about her mother. And I was like, oh, where's your mother? And she took me to where the mother was. And I saw the most despicable sight. She was in one spot, sores all over her body. She was stooling and urinating in one spot. The whole place was smelly. And then she kept telling me, oh, look at what they've done to me. And I understood when you serve the devil, he destroy. at the end of the day, he will still kill you and destroy you. To someone who had served the devil all her life was in a state of helplessness where she was stooling and urinating and paralyzed sores all over her body. And I preached the gospel to her and invited her to church. And she said, okay, I will come. I will come to your church. The next week after that, she died. She didn't get to come to church. So I was wondering, I'd been wondering for years, did this woman make it to heaven? But recently I was in a deliverance and I was just asking about this. And then what was said was, that woman is not with us. She's in heaven. And I said, how? Because I don't remember praying the prayer of salvation with her. They said, it's not about opening your mouth and praying that prayer per se. Did your master not say, he that receives you receives me? And he that receives me receives the one that sent me. So if they receive you, they accept you knowing you are a servant of God. They accept you and accept your message. Whether they pray that prayer, say those words with their mouth, it doesn't really matter. Just by that acceptance, they are saved. Now, a very good example is that thief on the cross. A very good example is that thief. Did he pray the prayer of salvation? No, he didn't. To that man was saying, look at you. You say you are the son of God. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. Save us. Why can't you save yourself and save us too and all that? The other man turned and rebuked him. I said, what is wrong with you? We did wrong and that's why we're here. But this man is innocent. And then he turned to Jesus and said, remember me in your kingdom. By saying that he accepted the person of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus. And what did Jesus say to him? He said, I say to you this day. You will be with me in paradise. The man didn't pray the prayer of salvation. He didn't say nothing. All he did was to accept the person of Jesus. That's all. And that seemed to make spiritual sense to me. I understood. So salvation, see, preaching the gospel, and I've told people, there are some people, they go out, they come back and say, I want 10 souls today. How do you, because you pray? There are some people who are praying that prayer with you, but in their heart, they are thinking of something else. They are saying that thing to you just to get you off their back. But in your heart, they don't believe. Salvation, the Bible says, believing with your heart and confessing with your mouth. Praise the Lord. So if there is no belief in the heart, even if there is a confession from the mouth, there is no salvation. Hallelujah. There is no salvation. So hearing that, I was so happy. I was grateful to God that God granted me the opportunity to get somebody last minute salvation. And one of the strategies of this end times the Lord is doing is last minute salvation. Many people are getting last minute salvation. 
Some God knows that in their lifetime, he won't be able to get them. So he programs them for that last minute salvation. And that's why we must be always available to do the work of the ministry. People think ministry is only about standing on pulpit in church to preach. That's wrong. The moment you hear have a ministry, they go and say, this is Jesus Christ. It's a life ministry. No. No, it's beyond that. It's beyond that. Our ministry first is to God. We minister to God in our prayer, in our praise, in our worship, in our giving. And then we minister to men in our love, in our kindness. And by ministering to men, we are also ministering to God. Because the souls that we're ministering to, we offer them as a sacrifice, as a living sacrifice to God. Praise God. So this is what people need to understand. These are the days that we are in. The strategies have changed. Hallelujah. The strategies have changed. In the days of the apostles, they didn't have social media like we have. They didn't have, they didn't have technology like we have. God has made all these things available to make it easier now for soul winning. Hallelujah. So let's use every means possible to get busy with the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Every means possible to win people and bring them to Christ, which is very, very important. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now it's so important to remember the days we are in, the world has crossed a line. We have entered a new phase that we will never go back on. Things have become more intense. Things have become more serious. The kingdom of darkness, people of darkness are doing anything possible to bring souls to the kingdom of darkness. They are doing a lot of things right now. And we also must get busy. We are busy too. We are doing stuff. But there are many Christians who are sleeping who ought to wake up and get busy. There are many pastors who were in the occult and doing stuff. But now they are coming out. They are coming out. They are not hiding like before anymore. They are showing their real self. But you know the devil, one of the strategies of the devil is to hide things in the open. When they put things out there like that, you say, no, it's not possible. I saw a documentary from BBC and then they were talking about uh, Illuminati and then they said uh, the call some musicians and all that. Are these people really in Illuminati? Are these uh, that and that? And then they interviewed one guy and said, no, they are not. All those things are just the people, they are, they are putting all these symbols and doing all these things because they know that people are interested in all those things. So these people are just having fun. They're just playing. Are you stupid? Like you expect me to believe that crap? So I should just believe they're having fun. What kind of stupid fun? Why don't they have fun with God? Why don't they have fun with God? Like, like do the real stuff and say they're just having fun. All these people. But what do we expect? The Bible says the God of this world. Satan, he's the one who's blinding the, the minds of those who refuse to be, be, believe the glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why I want people to be careful of the news media of this world. Be careful. Don't accept everything hook, line, and sinker. Anything that you hear, judge it in line with the word of God. People who have come out to confess, it's a known thing. Many of these people are in the occult. It's, a, it's not hidden. They know it. Many of them have come out to confess their roles in it and all that and all that. And then someone comes to tell me, oh, there's nothing like you. you, you are, are, we, are, we, are we stupid? No, we're not. It's real. There is a battle going on between the forces of good and evil for the souls of men. And we must get busy to win souls, to bring people to the kingdom. We must really, really get busy. Hallelujah. And I said, God sends people that he has equipped. He only he sends you out when he has equipped you. And I talked about how that the disciples were born again after Jesus blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But he told them to wait. 
to be equipped first and with power from on high before they go out for ministry. And then, of course, he gives you the anointing. But one of the things that he gives to you, one of the equipment you receive for the work of the ministry is wealth. And I said wealth is not necessarily material possession because there are some people who have material possession, but they are broke, they are poor. For you to be wealthy, one of the, one of the, the, the signs of a wealthy person is that he is a giver. He is a giver. That's one of the signs. Because he believes that as he gives, it will come back to him. That's one of the signs of a wealthy person. Hallelujah. So as you are, you, you are born again, that spirit of giving comes upon you. And as you continue to give, the Bible says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. As you sow, you will reap. And so you become wealthy. You are wealthy first in your heart. And then that wealth attracts material things to you. And the Bible says, my cities through prosperity shall be built. So when the finances are there, you are able to do the work of the ministry and be a blessing to many people. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we don't get carried away. We are busy doing the work of the ministry in these last days. And I said, wherever you find yourself, that is your pulpit. You don't have to be a pastor in front of the pulpit to be a minister. Anywhere you are. I said, one of the things that God is doing in these last days is last minute salvation. So wherever you are like that's an opportunity to spread virtue as a human point of contact for angels to begin to persuade the people. You activate it in their lives. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm sure you have learned something. I'm sure you are, you are ready. You are fired up now to do the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Remember, every day, every time you declare Jesus lives in me, you are reaffirming your salvation. Hallelujah. You are reaffirming your salvation. You are reawakening the Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Hallelujah. And you become a house of prayer and not a den of thieves. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for your word that we have heard. We have been fired up. We have been lifted. We have been strengthened. And we are ready to go out and do the work of the ministry, knowing that we have been equipped by your spirit. We have been equipped by your word. We have been equipped by wealth, which we need to preach the gospel. Father, thank you because the wealth of the Gentiles is being transferred to your people. We are seeing these blessings. They are manifesting in our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord God, as we give, we'll continue to receive. We are unstoppable by the forces of this life. We do not operate or function by the economy of this world. In the name of Jesus Christ, thank you, Father. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God bless you. I know you were blessed by that word. And I'm going to come to you again until I come to you again. Keep living in the atmosphere of God's word, God's worship, and God's miracles. God bless you. Bye-bye.